This is your announcer, Shannon Saint Mainframe, welcoming you to our IPO livecast. A lot of people are complaining about Larza's snare sound on the new Metallica single. How dare you? I'll have you know, that snare sound is my uncle. Uncle Snare Old Saint Mainframe has never sounded better, do you understand me? Our IP live cast starts. Now. You're muted, Robert. Great way to start the show. <laughs> We're live, baby. Welcome to our IP live cast 699. And uh, Steve, you don't got to tell me I'm muted. We have this fancy technology where this green tells me I'm muted. Well, if that was true, then you would have known and you would have started talking. I would have known. I was actually going to unmute as you were saying, Rob, you're muted. So you completely didn't have to do that. Okay, Sid? Okay? I don't make me teach you how the software works, Sid. We're 699 episodes in, Sid. Nice. What was that, Darren? I thought you were, he was directing you towards the technology that alerts you to the mutingness. Don't you dare take his side, Darren. I'm just saying. Neutrally reporting facts here. Welcome to the show. Shifty Shortcake says 699 sounds sexy. Yeah, damn right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're here. There's so much to talk about. There's actual metal news to talk about this week. Mm. Whenever I see Shifty Shortcake in our chat, for a second, my brain just says, imagine if that was the real Shifty Shortcake. And then I remember that is not his real name. So it, it in it fact, is be. the real Shifty Shortcake. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, of course, Shifty Shock, Shell Shock, whatever the fuck his name is, is not his real name either. But that's another discussion. I want to say hello to Snowberry Salad. I believe that's a first time live listener. And Samskar. Long time. Long time, first time live, maybe. Uh, yes. First time on Twitch, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Welcome. We're live. It's... Saturday afternoon, we're on a little yeah. later. Why are we on later today, Sid? Uh, I had to go uh, see our our pal Lonnie's son was starring in a junior high school production of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. So I went to check that out. It was fantastic. You didn't have to. You chose to go. No, I, I, I had to. It's an obligation, but it was a joy to behold. He sang. He did everything. He danced around like a weirdo. It was beautiful. That might I, be I my shed favorite, a tear. favorite musical. What What is his role in this? He played Seymour. Whoa, get out star. of here. Oh, my goodness. It's fantastic. Mm, good singer? He did it. I don't, oh. I don't think that. Like, oh. He, well, his Jay focus bitch. is acting. His focus oh. is acting. The singing, is, uh, you know. It's a very singing part of the deal. role. Yeah. But uh, he did it. I'd never heard him sing before. He pulled it off. I don't think he's like the next uh, Albie Shore or anything like that. But he, he did it. And the <laughs> acting was great. The, he's I was terrified for him, but he did not seem terrified at all. It was great. How do they pull? That's a very like prop heavy show. How do they do the plant and everything? They had it. They had the uh, puppet masters, which were just kids in like all black body suits, like moving the puppet around. But it was like they got to like a full size like Venus flytrap thing. It looked like they basically just like cut up couch cushions. And like decorated them to Damn. look like it, but they pulled it off. It looked really good. That was very ambitious for a middle school play. Yeah, I was I, I was definitely wondering how they were gonna handle that element of it, and they it, they made it work. It was great. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Darren, what's your favorite song from Little Shop of Fires? The dentist song, the one that Steve Martin yeah. sings in the uh in the film. Can, Can you give us a little crooning? Uh, <laughs> 
when I was younger, just a just a little kid, my mama t told me funny things I did, like shooting puppies with a BB gun. I'd poison guppies, and when I was done, I'd take a pussycat and bash his head. That's when my mama said, she can, said, can my just, boy, I think someday you'll find a way to make your natural tendencies pay. You'll be a dentist. There we go. That's amazing. You have like word for word. That's that's amazing I'm, that you were able look. to do that on command. That's my number one favorite musical. I think I go back and forth, but it's more than Fiddler on the Roof. I'm stunned. <laughs> I don't like Fiddler on the Roof. Really. You don't it's like it? Oh my god! Catchy lines in it. It's some catchy songs, but it's just like I don't know. Wow, it's I didn't realize cheesy. I didn't realize you're openly anti-Semitic. I'm on the Kanye West <laughs> path uh, first. First, you start rethinking Fiddler on the Roof. Then you're endorsing Hitler. <laughs> okay. Should we talk about this Kanye West thing a little? Because it's like, it's like, it's at the point now where, look, I was, I was very bothered by the stuff he was saying when, when this started like a month ago. But now I'm, I've almost come around to, like, I still think it's dangerous, but it's actively hilarious at this point. Uh, because, He's so committed to this bit uh, of of uh, of I, I can't even say I don't I can't even explain to you the bit, but essentially, uh, all of these right wing leeches, these people that have you know. So he went on Alex Jones' show this week. This was the big story, and you know Alex Jones. I mean, he's basically. Off the deep, like like who is kookier than Alex Jones, yes. Nick Fuentes probably, but other than uh, but like he's like basically the you're at the end of the line, and Alex Jones knows enough not to blatantly endorse Hitler. He's enough PR yes. savvy to not go past that one hurdle. So basically, Alex Jones gave him every opportunity to say, you know, you don't like Hitler, right? You don't actually like Hitler, right? And like. So here's the, just this one clip. Please indulge me, audience. I don't typically like to platform Alex Jones, but this is some of the best comedy I've seen all year. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Hugo Boss uniforms, amazing. Okay, hold on. I don't think Hitler was a good guy. I get the, uh, the Hugo Boss uniforms, amazing. So right there, I just want to stop. <laughs> is this I love Frag Race? What are we I love I love that he's both sizing Hitler. He knows that, <laughs> that Kanye is a fashion uh, mogul, so he's uh, going to appeal to his fashion senses. Uh, because yes, okay, objectively, the Hugo Boss <laughs> uniforms were aesthetically pleasing, sure. Goebbels uh, was noble in Siaga. Let's be real, let's be real, people. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's watch the full clip. Uh, but I mean, just because you're in love with the design, you're a designer. Can we just kind of say, like, you like the you like the uniforms? But that's about no, it. No, we we no. I, there, there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. <laughs> a lot, lot of things. I don't think. <laughs> Hold on, and then just this one other. And again, look, I think what he's saying. I want to. I want to be clear. Let me be clear. <laughs> it's oh, disgusting. But Look, just the I whole scenario, Jewish. just how oh, uncomfortable Alex Jones is, is is is, yes. is pure comedy to me. And was it explained why he's wearing a full ski mask covering? This is just his, it's, it's his bit. 
I guess it has been as his lawyer say at least this way you could deny that it was actually you. <laughs> uh, no, no, because he's done this before. I think it's like I think the idea is he's not going to allow the media to capitalize off of his image. But we, he's advertised as being Kanye West. Like I don't think it's his image that anybody's capitalizing on. It's his words. Yes, like the image is irrelevant. I thought he was going to announce he was Mr. Wrestling 3. Like, when... <laughs> <laughs> what is this hood he's wearing? Like oh, my goodness. Third Just because you don't like one group doesn't mean the other. Look, like, I fine. love Jewish people, but I also ah, love Nazis. He's the Iron Sheik. I love the Jewish people. <laughs> but you didn't hear that. You didn't hear the second part. Sorry. But I also love Nazis. Oh, okay. <laughs> but look, like, I love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. <laughs> oh man well i have to disagree with that oh, uh, he made alex jones break like man. i don't agree i don't like the first part you said <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i man. am just blown away <laughs> i'm sorry i'm jewish i feel like i'm supposed to be mad at this but this is hilarious to me i, I yeah what's why be mad how does this affect my life that i need to get mad at this? yeah he's the burning his own life to the ground yes let, let, let's play a, a few more another thing before you play it rob i just want to sure, say sure. one thing absolutely i feel that there's a lot of panic about this like kanye west is going to change minds and like <laughs> lead a new generation of african-american children into being nazis and i just i feel like the opposite is happening that he's just being so roundly ridiculed like yeah. universally, like you've got Alex fucking yes. Jones pointing out that you're a racist. You could not be more of a social pariah. Like there is no fear to me. Let Kanye yeah, West do I, like I, ninety I, more I, talk shows. Yeah, yeah. I, I at this point, I agree with you. The thing is, what bothered me, I guess, what bothered me initially, what made me uncomfortable, I will say, is when there was that uh, those uh, white nationalist on the LA freeway that put up those signs kind of right. right. I feel like in a way he's kind of re he reintroduced anti-Semitism to the mainstream conversation in a sense. My counter you know? for that would be that I think those were people and that type of person is already bigoted and they're waiting for Kanye West or somebody right. to yeah. go. I look, this guy just said something I believe in. He's not creating like a new wave of anti-Semitism. I think those are still fringe Whack. I I but I agree. But that that is in itself what bothers me is that he opened the floodgate. He reopened the the door. I, uh, all right. and I that, think there's but, just wacky star fuckers in California. These are the same people that were on the overpass cheering OJ when he was driving by in the white Bronco. It's the same fucking thing. Woo! Famous person did something crazy. I'm going to get in the news by supporting the crazy famous person. So Shifty Shortcake says Hitler, <laughs> yay or nay? <laughs> I would say nay, reluctantly. <laughs> uh, let, let, here's here's another clip. That's We're just going to go through. Nice go through a few of these. Not. But I think by them falsely I, accusing I, people, some people are going to become not. I, I am. I, I am. <coughs> now what? I am. You're now what? what? Now I'm a Nazi, but we're gonna call him. <laughs> oh, this part. Okay, so this part, I want to give a little context. This is truly the most insidious part of of the of the clip. He two seconds before this, he just he, he admitted that he had just learned two weeks ago who Benjamin Netanyahu was. 
And Benjamin Netanyahu, for those of you who don't know, he is the uh, prime minister of Israel, the president. Yeah. 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 Prime minister. Uh, BB is his nickname. So Netanyahu, he had just learned about him and he thought his last name sounded so funny that Kanye West did this. Now, this is this is this is so fucked up, but in the most hilarious way. Man, what you want, man? Hey, yay, right after this, I'm going to say you're crazy. I'm going to take your, your family away from you. We're not done with you yet. You cannot cause free thought. We have to control the history books. We have to control the banks. And we have to go and kill people. Also, we're in the pedophilia. Ha, ha, ha. Look at Alex Jones. So, <laughs> Wait, could you explain what he did to I the do- listeners, please, Rob? So he he pulled out a net, and later I, I guess I guess there's another clip. He pulls out a net and then a, a bottle of YooHoo. He's net like carrot Yoo-hoo. top. This is like public yeah. access carrot top. And it is interesting what he says. He's blaming Netanyahu for for quote taking Kanye's kids away. Not the fact that Kanye West is fucking going on all these programs saying all this. Also, you know, does Israel give a shit about Kanye West? I don't think that's the. I didn't think that was the Jews that he was going DefCon whatever on. So I thought it was like the Hollywood Jews. 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 No, Jews it's the Zionists. He's going after Zionists. Oh, why? He's saying, he's saying the blacks are the true Zionists. He's, oh. he's like the the black Israelite stuff. Oh, after this, I, I gonna... clearly know way too much. About yes, that yes. Because <laughs> also be, he's going to be on tour with Jeff Dunham on next week. <laughs> the other, the other, the other Struggles. pivot he took here. He started taking talking about Hitler. He literally, he literally did that that drop that we joke like, what about yes. all the good things Hitler did? <laughs> like he literally started listing things that he assumed that Hitler did that Assume? ultimately are not. Well, he he claimed that Hitler invented the microphone, which is not true. <laughs> like all of these, from? all of these technological innovations. I feel like this has to be stuff that Norm Macdonald wrote for him, and like this, <laughs> that's what like like this He's was just the first. This was the first interview that I watched where I'm like, oh, my God, is this a bit? Is this Kanye West's ultimate, like, (laughs) you know, bit to go and expose these right wing hucksters? Because I don't think it's that. But Mm. but it is fascinating to watch them go like, you don't really meet all the Jews, right? And then him going like, no, yeah, all the Jews. And I "Ah, no, 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 we we like some of the Jews, you know, like. uh, I want to keep my penis pill advertisement endorsement. (laughs) Here's a little more. I do love the Zionists. I love everyone. The, the the Zionists cannot tell me who I can love and not love. I don't think like that. I think more like someone that's on the spectrum, since that's what they <sighs> want to claim. People need to take that for what it is. I wouldn't call you autistic. You are have a savantish uh, thing savant-ish. about you. And I, and I think that's a positive, not a negative. I'm probably the lowest IQ here of anyone speaking. Hold on. Let's hear from that. <laughs> hey, yay. I'm the head of the Mossad. I'm going to kill you and take your children away from you. Thanks a lot, Netton. Back to you, Alex. So, enemies in here. Wait, Hold on. Now here. Alex has a lizard mask on. Why well, did this, this really is a public access show. What is happening? Well, I, I said with Ali Alexander and Nick Fuentes that we're like the SWAT team of free thought. And Obama was not the first black president. He was another Jewish president. Well, I just think you should not want to be Hitler's coming man. I didn't say I was. Uh, I don't, well, I don't I do, really care. I do that love much. locks. <laughs> locks with a schmear. Much about Hitler. Oh, my good I love him. Seems like he just do it as a way to like a troll. 
No, he seems like a cool guy. You know, it's like he, uh, <laughs> he, you know. What we did <laughs> is we. I love that he makes Alex Jones like Alex Jones is even blown away by how absurd this is. Brought Netanyahu with us. Ah. <laughs> I'm in the twilight zone right now. Netanyahu, what do you have to say? What do you have to say to Alex Jones right now, Nick Fuentes and Ye? It was bad. It was bad for Trump to meet with Nick and Ye. Okay. I had no idea your voice is going to sound like that, Netanyahu. I love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. This is the Alex Jones version of our Seth Putnam interview, I think. (laughs) Does that make sense? Where it's like, well, we got to have him on the show. If we could get that guy, he's crazy, but we got to have him on. And then in the middle, we're like, all right, this is probably great for the show, but it's also really sad. Like, should we have done this? (laughs) Hey, Rob, did we lose Rob? Uh, Oh, no. Rob was like literally frozen. No, I, I have one last clip we could play, and then we can move on from this. This is him explaining himself. I, William who? Hammond told me. Does that make Kanye. sense? It, it, well, isn't this not whole thing totally to me, but um, it's, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. I'm saying like it literally doesn't totally make sense to me. I'm following it, but I, I was just thinking about Satan that whether it's the Zionists yeah. or Hitler, it's not the person, it's Satan using the people. That- oh, I agree with that. Are controlled by oh. demonic forces wow. without see, common ground. <laughs> see, this whole thing where he was—he finds good in everyone. There's good even in Hitler and even in Nazis, and that—that's th- his whole kind of thing. Uh, Jewish Obama here uh, told Michelle put on her uh, shmata <laughs> and make sure her shadow's straight. We go down to the <laughs> deli, get some knockwurst. <laughs> Did he mean anyway. it that way, or did he mean Obama's Jewish because he also likes blowing up uh, Middle Eastern people? That could be. Oh, That's a good point. Am I giving Kanye too much credit? Yes. Oh, definitely. It's thought process. I thought he was like maybe he Obama's a black Jew, like a black Israelite, so he's Jewish by virtue of being black. Maybe I. Uh, I Jewish. Oh. Uh, okay. Oh my god! That's new, I guess the right wingers went so far past Obama's a Muslim. Now they're like yeah. he's Jewish. I mean, it's just the next phase of dementia. That's like entry level. They're they're the hipsters. They've got the uh, the remastered demo tapes. Okay, I counts because they've been frozen by Jewish uh, banks. So I, I need to watch my mills. Well, CNN says why people are evil Nazis. So. I mean, I, I I disagree with both statements, but I get the yeah, Trojan. I don't, I don't like the word. I would say most Nazis, Nazis are white. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Except not for the white. one he's sitting with, but otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. I, <laughs> I think, think we need right. to look at. <laughs> I'm leaning oh, towards it. But I guess that's why people are evil Nazis. So, I mean, I, I, I disagree with both statements, but I get the yeah, Trojan. I don't, I don't like the word evil next to Nazis. I think we need to look at. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Just because you don't like one group doesn't mean the other. But look, I fine. love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I have to disagree with that. Right, but listen, we're gonna go to break. I'm, he I'm, looks I'm like the, swollen uh, Joe Rogan. Alex Jones, <laughs> like the outfit, the styling. What happened to him? Is that sounds like a. That sounds like a 1992 WCW jobber. <laughs> <laughs> 
swollen <laughs> Joe Rogan. So he's going. He's going to commercial. Check out the last word that Kanye gets in here. I'm the crazy one here. We're all crazy. The whole world's crazy, and and the whole power structure's coming down. This is absolutely lit. This is lit, 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 okay. lit, lit. Okay, Grandpa. Keep saying that word from everywhere. 2020. Oh, oh, they cut it off, but he's like, I like Hitler. It was the, the last thing he says, right? Before. Well, now we've got you saying that. Oh, no! <laughs> I love that uh, Nick Fuentes is just sitting there like the, uh, the Z Morning Zoo co-host, like cracking the fuck up. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one, Kanye. Oh, my God. So this is what you spent your week on, Rob. It wasn't my week. It was How mostly, grateful are afternoon. you that you don't have metal injection responsibilities anymore? And instead of spending the whole week on new Metallica, you could spend your whole week on this. I could e distribute my time equally between new Metallica. And the thing is, I'm not trying to watch uh, Kanye West clips. I, I wanted to stay away from this story, but then I just saw, I just saw him. I just saw people tweeting about it and, writing that he said things like i like hitler and i was like okay my attention has been gotten now i want to see this you already know the thing why do you need to then go and watch it when you saw the tweet you saw that, that them transcribe it isn't that enough i want i want to hear the inflection <laughs> i want to tell the audience a secret there was no little shapahara show we couldn't get rob to start the show <laughs> until four because we had to pull him away from kanye west nazi material <laughs> fair <laughs> See, that was a good cover story but i have to i try i have to be honest i tried and you even sang yeah well i hope that part was true i love little shop of ours because you're <laughs> I'm going to do the backup part. You started, you ran with the. <laughs> the weirdest thing. So, you know, there's like the chorus of like street urchins that are singing all throughout. So they had all the, like the kids, like there was one side, it was all little boys. One side, it was all little girls. And there was one little girl who was like quite a bit larger than all the other little girls. And I'm thinking like, was this girl held back? What's the deal? And then Lonnie came to me during the intermission. He's like, that's actually a teacher. <laughs> and I was very confused. But then for the rest of the performance, I kept looking at her thinking she looks like she could be a child though. Like I gaslit myself into believing that it was an extra large little student. And so when I found out the truth, I couldn't accept that it was the teacher. I had to convince myself that no, that actually that she could pass for a kid. But no, That's... it was just a giant English teacher lady that was singing with the little kids for some reason. It was very inexplicable. That's happened to me a couple of times in uh in in like doing high schools and middle school sports. Like there's some of the kids who look like six feet tall and i mm -hmm. think they're coaches and i address them as a coach and they're like <laughs> no i'm on the team and vice versa like some of the coaches like they're in their early 30s and they look 15 so it's very it's strange i never assume anything anymore like i wait till the coach comes to me snowberry salads comment just now she could pass for a kid sid 2020 <laughs> I mean, I think you would say the opposite. The opposite, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least you're in the legal zone. Yeah. Also, they were not street urchins in the in the play. They're like uh, they're like the Supremes. They're like a Greek chorus of of Motown singers that go. Well, yeah, they're <laughs> narrating the. Sadly, there were no black children in the cast, so oh, the Motown well, thing would have been weird. Were there just no black kids in the school, or were they excluded from the cast? 
<laughs> oh my god, the teacher's just a virulent racist. Oh dear. Even the plant, know. the plant voice is a very like soul singer type. It was uh, a tiny little white boy who had a microphone in the back and he was singing. He uh, pulled it off. He did really well. Oh yeah, that's good. It was definitely not a black kid. Maybe they just. Uh, which is worse, that there aren't any black kids in the school, or that they're there and they weren't allowed in the play? The second <laughs> to forcibly remove them from being able to participate, I yeah. think, is worse than yeah. just the natural demographics <laughs> of the neighborhood being oh. fucked up. I was going to say it's worse than forcibly not letting them in the school. Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's forcibly not letting them. Right. I know. I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll yeah, ask it's just, I will follow it, I think, Isn't it just based on your, yeah, like where you live? That's what trying to For the most, I think with junior high schools, for the most part, yeah, it's the zone. Yeah. So you guys are endorsing redlining. Got it. Okay. <laughs> not, I, it's not as much an endorsement as just a sad acceptance. I, but also, I didn't see teasing. the entire school. I just a weird thing that I noticed when I'm in this auditorium is like I remember being a little kid and like when we had assemblies or stuff in our school auditorium, the room seemed so fucking gigantic to yeah. me. And then yeah. now I'm in it and it's got to be the same size as the ones from when I was a kid, but it seems tiny. It's just so strange how the perspective shifts. And it's yeah. like, oh, this is a pretty small room. That's for sure. By the way, I just got a text. Uh, that there was a performance of The Wiz in the next room. That's why there was no, <laughs> there no black kids in Little Shop. That's why there was all that racket going on. I kept telling him to turn down the music. He's on down. He's on down the road. That's one that I don't like. That's a musical. I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. But you said it for it was between Little Shop of Horrors and something else for your favorite music. Jesus What's... Christ Superstar. Okay, one. I've never seen that one. Singing yeah, in the I've rain. Big fan of that one. No, I love that movie. It's, it's it's like one of the one of my all time favorites. Really? Yeah, because it's just so charming Great. and just like it's like the perfect movie. There's nothing. Yeah, it's well very made. sincere and like. There's nothing to not like about it. There's also it's like a big satire of movie making, like Hollywood too. Mm-hmm. In that film, uh, a lot of social commentary. Interesting. I don't think I've ever seen it, or if, if I have, it was before I was old enough to really realize what I was watching. Well, the Wiz used to scare the shit out of me, by the way, because there's a like they, you know, so it's like the Wizard of Oz, but they changed things to be more like urbanized. So mm-hmm. you know the flying monkey part. Uh, and the, oh, and the trees that try to kill Dorothy and all that stuff, that whole scary part in The Wizard of Oz. So they, in this, they have them going through a train station and like the beams, you know, those beams with the tiles on them, they separate and they just become animated and start chasing them. Mm. And that used to fucking freak me out when I was a little kid. I don't know why, but it was the scariest shit. Like there's these fucking columns in the subway station just separate from the wall, from the ceiling and start moving. And now that's like the most benevolent thing that would happen at a subway station. <laughs> yeah. If that's all. It's like, are the columns jerking off and pissing on you? Right. All right. Then just be happy that they're not. Oh, oh, there's no used condom flying at me. That's true. <laughs> no big deal. No, honestly, wait, wasn't Michael Jackson in the whiz? Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> the most menacing thing. <laughs> yeah. In hindsight. Although, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, the. Uh, Zionists did away with him, and he's no longer. No, I'm just kidding. I was was channeling Kanye. (laughs) Shifty Shortcake says, Sound of Music is the greatest of all time. Julie Andrews made me feel feelings I hadn't felt before. That's a great Oh, Shifty. A very earnest moment from Shifty Shortcake. 
Judarino says Wicked and Rocky Horror are good runners up. Yeah. Uh, Aladdin. It's a great one. I'm going to see Into the Woods later this month. I'm very excited. Oh, wow. I've seen a, a I haven't seen that time. I never saw it. And, uh, oh, wait, no, this Oh, is yeah. Another. Oh, good. Sorry. Uh, Snowberry Salad says one of my grandfathers is still freaked out by the flying monkeys to this day. And also, the Snowberry Salad mentioned Waitress, uh, which is uh, Sarah Bareilles. Uh, I haven't, I've only heard a few songs from Waitress, but she is just great. Girls Five Eva, mm. and uh, that's a fantastic. Show. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize she's like a real, like oh, a yeah, real she's singer. A she's a Broadway, Broadway, Broadway icon. I think a few but of the yeah, people she, on Girls Five Eva are. She performed on uh, on the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think she filled in for Carly Simon. Uh, yeah, because because she was uh, she couldn't attend due to a family emergency, and I was just like, oh my goodness, I was yeah. very impressed. By the way, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony. If you have HBO and you like like old people. old people rock award shows, it was great. I I thought I was only going to watch it for like. 30 minutes. It was like a four hour thing. I must have watched like two and a half, three hours of it. I barely skipped, what were the skipped highlights any of it. Besides Sarah. The ultimate highlight, uh, well, Judas Priest got inducted, which was really, really cool. And it was very awesome to see how like on the stage they were advocating for heavy metal, uh, which warmed my heart. And I love Rob Halford. And the ultimate awesome part was Dolly Parton got inducted. And so she made this whole thing about how, like, she didn't think she deserved to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she's uh, she considers herself more of a country singer. So she wrote a rock song to perform at the induction, which was just kind of like a autobiographical song about her whole career, mm-hmm. which was really cool. And then after that, basically all the virtually all the. I want to say all a good amount of the inductees and the people inducting them came out and they sang Jolene and she would give verses to certain people like Simon from Duran Duran did a verse, Sheryl Crow did a verse, Pink did a verse and Rob Halford was out there. And while he didn't get his own verse, he and Dolly duetted one of the choruses and it was truly one of the warmest things i've ever seen like my heart was full i was like this is (laughs) so awesome (laughs) it was such a it just there was like all these little very cool rock moments also eminem got inducted uh which was interesting because it made me realize that i really don't like new music from eminem like i really completely stopped following him in the last decade well uh you and most people (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, he still sells lots of albums. Yeah. 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 Uh, but he's not as critically acclaimed as he used. Yeah, but I, I think I think he's earned a spot, and he he had a nice speech too, kind of paying tribute to all of his hip hop influences. He named like name check like thirty artists that came before him, including Onyx and Ghetto Boys. Nice. <laughs> and I like the more obvious stuff, you know, like Wu Tang and Biggie and Tupac and things you would expect. Um. Yeah, so th- that was all good. Even Duran Duran getting into- uh, Robert Downey Jr. inducted Duran Duran, which is when I started scanning head. Like, I know Robert Downey Jr. It, it, there's nothing authentic. You do? About this. I mean, I was like, I know Robert Downey Jr. doesn't care enough to like, oh, no, I must be the one to induct them. It was, it's like them pulling a, 
a star fuckery thing just to get some big celebrity on it. Like, what's his link to Duran Duran? He doesn't have a link to that. I don't know. You could have Googled it. They were both huge in the 80s, as we talked about this offline. I was like, they probably had the same cocaine dealer. They probably went yes, to the same that's parties. True. I heard uh, uh, when uh, when Rob was singing Jolene with Dolly that Kanye West came on the stage. I'm going to let you finish, but uh, Heinrich Himmler should have been inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, and uh, who else? Who else? Um, Pat Benatar. Oh, yes. Pat Benatar, which was a great, like, she was wonderful at, like, her induction. And her husband, her and her husband got inducted at the same time. But I don't remember what his name is. Neil uh, Giraldo? Yes, Neil Giraldo. That, that was it. You Not know, Greg but, Giraldo. Uh, I was going to say, and, Greg Giraldo and, should get all the awards. Yeah, yeah. they have uh, posthumously. <clears throat> so they have a uh, they have a very sweet relationship. Uh, and he's a pretty good guitar player. And, and so she performed as well. And her voice still fucking rocks. Uh, and fun fact, she was the second ever video played on MTV after video killed the radius oh really yep for love is a battlefield uh, yep i think i want to just shift back to dolly parton quickly like i think sure. she's being too harsh on herself by saying agreed she's not a rock star i mean maybe it's like false modesty or whatever but she like she nine to five is a banger man that's like straight up rock yeah like she did a medley and i she has some straight up banger. i will always love you like you can't can't fuck she, with that one and she's also and her voice she's is a, still really she of good. course has traditional country hits too, but I mean like yeah. she, she can rock. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think what's it, it was interesting to me that the artists took the labels way more seriously than I think the Hall of Fame does. Like I think they see the Hall of Fame as just like an all-encompassing music hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Whereas the artists are like, oh, this is just for rock. Like I'm country, I am hip hop. You know, like there was that yeah. divide mm-hmm. in it. So they should change the name. What should it be? The music hall of fame? Yeah, why not? Pop no, because then like you got like classical music and shit like that, and that doesn't get inducted. It's the way it- well, that's not true. I think Yola Tango wasn't. Weren't they inducted? Uh, you mean Yo Yo Ma? Yeah. Yo- no. <laughs> Yola Tango is an indie rock band. What are you? T- <laughs> yes, you're right. Then I am thinking Yo Yo Ma. The cellist. Yo Yo yes. Ma La Lo Tango. <laughs> Yo Yo Ma La Tango. There we go. That's the episode title. That's the, yeah. There uh shifty shortcake says dolly Parton, the original g milf uh i gotta tell you i'm fairly old uh when i was a kid she was just an ilf she was just like uh she must have been like 25 or something when i was a little boy like she was still oh yeah incredibly hot yeah, she was really, a, one of my first crushes very well put together <laughs> scientifically you know, and I, know- I love that she's totally not like she's like, yeah, hell yeah, I've had plastic surgery. What do you, Wait, what do you think? But do you know the story behind, especially her her breast surgery? Uh, she had enormous natural breasts, mm-hmm. and she ch- reduced them, mm-hmm. uh, and sometime in the nineties, I think. And she hated it, and then she got implants to go back to the size. Oh wow, really? That she was, yeah. Oh, she that's spoken insane. about that. Wow, interesting. But she has had other stuff. But I feel like it's tasteful. Like she doesn't look like the cat lady or anything like she's you know she's a somewhat a vain you know hollywood so it's some a reasonable amount of ego that you should have when you are that that stature yeah 
and I think touching things up is fine. You know, she looks she looks good. I mean, when they go yeah, crazy, she like, do you she think true? that boob think... meat is going to be part of her exhibit at the? Hall oh of wow, I don't know. Uh, do you think they keep it? That? It's like I wanna, famous I'm boob sure. meat. Huh? It's famous what? boob meat. You got to save that. I will say, like, uh, she like uh, the people that work at Dollywood famously get incredible benefits, incredible time off. She's a great boss. And also she started like a book club where she donates like a million books a year to kids to promote literacy. And like, basically kids get a free book every week. You it's can get the Bible from, from over and over. No, it's yeah. not at all religious. Uh... <laughs> I I'm kidding. No, she's great. I, I love Dolly Parton. Didn't like, Sincerely. Was it Jeff Bezos who just gave her like a shit ton of money to give away to charity, or was it Bezos's wife? Yeah. No, it was him. Yeah, Ex-wife. it was like a hundred million. Yeah, that was actually mentioned during the induction, <clears throat> which to me seems a little shady. That's like, a lot of pressure on? on her at her age. Now she's got to figure out what to do with all this extra oh, money. She has charities though that that it would split amongst. She, yeah. she already <laughs> yeah. She don't have to sit down with a pen and paper or anything. She's no, like, I think that's part of the deal. She has to do the book, keep the books and the accounting oh. and every penny. It's like Brewster's millions. She has to spend a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And then she gets a billion. Boopster's millions. <laughs> Dusty Roots Welfare says, I'm sure Willie Nelson titty fucked Dolly Parton on <laughs> Waylon Jennings tour bus. <laughs> Jeez. And Jerry Reed was in the closet jerking off. <laughs> That's so disrespectful. Durino says Dolly Titty Papa books. Come on, <laughs> Brewster's milk jugs. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! After Willie Titty fucked her, he had postpartum depression. You <laughs> 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 missed her so much. Oh, I think we should end the show right there. We're not topping that line. <laughs> <laughs> like he topped her. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm still stuck on the Waylon Jennings tour bus. <laughs> Why? Was I'm just stuck on the bus. Get off the bus. Yeah, it's <laughs> such a random, hotel. random, uh, random reference. That was amazing. <laughs> Conway <laughs> Twitty uh, in the toilet uh, <laughs> listening. Oh my god! Thank you for not doing a Conway Titty joke. Oh. Well, I was getting there, but I'll throw it out. <laughs> I feel like we must have made a Conway Titty joke. <laughs> so it does say here that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is a super fan, quote unquote, of the live them, cast. No, of of Duran Duran, and that oh. he had them he had them play his uh, his fiftieth birthday party. How long ago was that? How old is he even? I can't, I couldn't even guess. Oh, 57. Okay, so seven. Oh. That's not even that impressive. Like seven years ago, Duran Duran was very available for bookings. I think he was saying he was a fan of Darren. Darren! <laughs> Darren! Darren! <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, you know. I, it makes sense that he would be. Yeah, that, I don't think that. Like, is Robert Downey Jr. even that like huge of a deal that people are tuning into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show because he's there? I he's an enormous star. But like, he's do you a think big star? But yeah, I agree. Like, no, I don't one, think I that's think like a was, ratings coup for HBO. I think I, I think it's more that. just for. I think it is like like for the executives to be like, oh, like see, like this is a 
a big thing. It's a real thing, you know. But does anyone tune in even when a big star is on that? Like, do they just tune in just to see the host? I don't. Wait, is there a host? I think no host. Uh, whatever you know, but a presenter. But like Robert Downey Jr. is very very popular with people younger than us because of you know Marvel and shit. Like I think he's. I, I, sometimes it's hard to have, wrap my brain around how huge he is. You know, mm. He's like a beloved star of the last 10 years or 15 years. Yeah, it's true. I guess may, maybe uh, all of a sudden there's going to be a bunch of kids getting into Duran Duran because Iron Man liked them. Yeah. Were you guys Duran Duran fan fans? Yeah. I didn't dislike them. Yeah, take yeah. it or leave it. Yeah. it I like that Ordinary fan. World song. It's a good song. After uh, Eurythmics got inducted, I started listening, and their deep cuts are really good on those early albums. I That's like a, the Ordinary World's like a late era Duran Duran, mm-hmm. right? It was like 93 or something. Something like that, yeah. That was probably their last like really big hit, maybe. But it was good. I don't know. I like that. That was like right when I was really getting into music. So basically, if it was a hit rock song on MTV, I was into it probably. I like Wild. I think the first time I heard a Wild uh, Duran Duran was because I had a Mets 1986 uh, videotape, and in the middle of it, they cut together um, like Wally Backman and Lenny Dykstra highlight plays and running a train like a, on, <laughs> on a, that's a fan. lots of coke and shit. No, no, like you know, fielding plays or whatever. Hitting, yeah, yeah, and they set it to wild boys because they're so wild or whatever. So that was like, Oh, this is pretty good. And then I started like looking into, I had heard of Duran Duran before, I guess, but that was like, that was pretty early. Yeah. I think, uh, dusty says, what's the criteria to be inducted? The criteria is your first album had to be released 25 years ago, but obviously that, you know, some bands, it takes them a few years to build up the votes. To get into so there's a nomination process i believe a certain amount of bands are nominated and then uh members of the hall of fame vote based on who's nom there's like 20 nomination nominees it gets uh whittled down to 10 and then how many can you pick out of the 10 no no, no it's 10 that get oh, inducted. They pick, oh i see so they they 10. get narrowed from 20 to 10 basically. so it's always 10 what if there's like a year where there's just no not 10 artists do they i don't know if it's it, it might be a little more like i just mean like there's like a big chunk that get nominated i don't know the the exact numbers oh well, yeah and but what i'm asking down. is is there some number that they must put in every year or can they go like no sorry this year there's just nobody deserving fuck them uh, no, it is a certain amount. It is a certain number. Yes, because I remember last year Judas Priest apparently ju- had just missed the vote. No, I'm sorry. That's not what I'm saying. Like there could be a, a a maximum number. I understand that, but I mean, could is there a minimum number? Like we have to put in these. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, let's see. That because that means you're forcing in shitty acts if there's yeah. like no one to put in. You know. There's always like some recording engineer or something that you could put in as like the last one. Isn't that like a separate category? I don't know. I don't know. It might just be all the same. I don't know. Hmm. They got to get their shit together. Man. <laughs> I'm not, I don't like any of this that I'm hearing. The nominating committee consists of roughly 24 people. Members are supposed to remain secret to prevent artists from lobbying. Robbie, are you, right, are you a member? I am not a member. But so, you would say that if you were a member because it has to remain true. secret. Yeah. So you might be lying. So according, in this article, the 2016 committee included John Landau... David Frick, Stephen Van Zant, uh, Questlove, Tom Morello, Paul Schaefer, Robbie Robertson, and several others. 
Robert uh, Pezzabini. Yeah. So basically, you have to be north of 70 years old or quest love to get <laughs> on the guess. <laughs> Honorary member. <laughs> Each member. No, right. we will not induct the Teetle Teetle guy. Stop asking. <laughs> we're, co- we're uncovering all the uh, we're uncovering all of the panel here. <laughs> uh, each member of the committee gets to nominate two artists for induction, bringing the total to around fifty. An artist is eligible for induction twenty-five years after the release of their first official recording. The committee has an open discussion behind closed doors about those artists, narrowing down the list to 15 nominees. There you go. And then what? And then that's it. Those are the nominees. And then, but then how do we get from the Oh, oh ballots are then sent to more than 600 historians, members of the music industry and artists, including every living rock hall inductee, and the five performers receiving the most votes become that year's induction class. Okay, so so five. there was there was more than five though, so they must have expanded it since. Like this year, there was like at least. Well, let's see. There was Dolly Parton, Duran uh, Duran, Judas Priest, Carly Simon, uh, Pat Benatar, Mikey Pippen. Eminem, and then there were a few technical. Also, the technical ones were pretty great. Uh, Like uh, uh, Jimmy Iovine, yeah, Jimmy Iovine got inducted, and it's always interesting to hear him talk. He's the uh, president of Interscope Records, famous producer. Did not realize how important he was to Bruce Springsteen's career until this, because Springsteen was the one that nominated him. And my favorite nominee was just this fucking like big shot jewish lawyer (laughs) and yeah oh boy and uh well so what was great is they had uh john cougar mellencamp come out and he told this like like impassioned he gave this like impassioned two or three sentence uh thing about how like he basically said fuck anti-semitism like like i stand with the jewish people and this guy is one of my closest friends and of course it's like a jewish lawyer <laughs> that's one of his closest friends like it, there's a little bit of he came up on stage rubbing his hands like this it's like <laughs> no. it's like on the money. One hand, it's very touching and very sweet that you said this thing about you know we should stop the, the hate towards jewish people i i agree obviously <laughs> but then when you're saying like my one jewish friend like he didn't say my one jewish friend but like my biggest jewish yeah friend. he also has a lot of doctors yeah <laughs> a jewish lawyer. take care of him uh john cougar concentration camp <laughs> <laughs> that is an actual band isn't it is it i, don't know. I believe so oh maybe, maybe that's why it was in my head yeah let me see if I can get the. Oh, here we go. Wait, you said that it I, does ring a bell. Alan, here we go. Alan, what's his name? Hollywood rocker John. Wait, I'm sorry. Rocker John Mellencamp took the stage at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and said this about his longtime lawyer Alan is Jewish. <laughs> the line began an impassioned speech about the importance of non Jews standing up for Jewish people at a time of anti Semitism and anxiety for many of them, especially as white supremacists have taken up West's comments as a rallying cry. 
Mellencamp was speaking on behalf of Alan Grubman, which, come on, like Alan Grubman was his name. Alan Money Grubman. Oh, oh no. What if he's a human rights lawyer, Darren? Come on. Maybe they just met at like a banquet. Maybe it's He like is not a human right. He's, no. a, he's an entertainment lawyer. Listen, I am anti- and Being entertained is a human right, Rob. How dare you? I oppose anti-Semitism in all its forms, but at some point you got to ask, are you asking for it by keeping your name Grubman? Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be oh real. Oh my god. Darren! That doesn't mean I that doesn't mean it's good. Just saying. You can change your name for like 250 bucks. <laughs> He's a lawyer. He knows the process. <laughs> I found the clip. Hopefully we won't get taken down for that. Oh god. Well, it's on HBO. We probably will. My goal to make sure that anyone I represent. Oh my god, what he looks like the red form. Never. <laughs> <laughs> literally oh, red literally red foreman literally red forehead man <laughs> is that another jew joke <laughs> never falls off that tree Wait, what? this is the guy alan grubbin right that he hopes Make jews sure never fall off of anyone tree. <laughs> i agree with i that. represent that would hurt never falls off that tree This apple has Everybody managed. Had- that guy, by the way, looks like if Gary Shandling was in the mafia. <laughs> in no small part to my lawyer, my friend, and my rabbi, what? Huh? Alan Grumman. I think he's saying just his advisor. Uh, Look at how much plastic surgery his wife has had. Uh. He's like, I can't. How do I tell him I'm not really Jewish? (laughs) (laughs) So Alan is Jewish. Oh, really? We couldn't tell. I'm an artist. Thanks, Columbo. Whose life had been enriched greatly by my friendship and association with countless Jewish people. Like like my accountant. My accountant has enriched my life to make sure I pay less taxes. My well, that's jeweler. Basically what They're not, they don't all steal from you. Some share in what they stole. <laughs> They'll give you a cut. I'm here today to denounce anti-Semitism in all its forms by listing off every stereotypical Jew <laughs> that I know with their stereotypical <laughs> Jewish names, professions, and appearances and wives. Yeah, why don't you shout out Bill Goldberg, huh? You could do that <laughs> exactly. too, man. Come on. Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Why don't you do the Hanukkah song? Guys, Look, standing ovation for this. I cannot tell you how fucking important language oh. it is to speak out if you're an artist. That's against Talmudic Against anti Semitism. <laughs> Against all forms of hatred. Here's the trick. Silence is complicity. He's got tiny hands. Wow. Do not be silent when your pastrami is too salty. Standing here tonight <laughs> loudly and Send proudly. Send it back. <laughs> oh, wait, why did it pause? Do not. Do not. Leave locks and cream and cheese near the radiator. Oh, no. Oh, ew. These are the things I learned from my Jewish mentors. Solidarity with Alan, his family, 
and all of my Jewish friends. Oh, just your Jewish and friends? And all the entire Jewish people. Oh, okay. All the mishpacha. The world. <laughs> all my Jewish go. diasporic mishpacha <laughs> have the made diaspora? me the melon camp I am today. <laughs> I am in support of the Jewish people. I am changing myself, my name to John Cougar Mellencampman. Mellencamp Schmellencamp. John Cougar Moisha Camp? John, John Cougar Moishevitz. Fuck anti Semitism. Yeah! Right in the Tuchus. It is my proud time here. Oh, Lionel Richie was another one that got it. My... I will be Wilson. getting circumcised in a bris right here on the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction award. I just want to say it's really lucky that this isn't the year Screwdriver was inducted into the <laughs> Hall of Fame because this would be so yes. fucking awkward. They put it off because of Alan Grubman's induction. It'll be next <laughs> out year. Of respect, out of respect to Screwdriver. One hell of an apple farmer into the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Them. Well, they're much until bigger. there were no Jews at the ceremony. Well, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp knew them before he knew Alan, so that's... He used to roadie for Screwdriver yeah. back in the day. <laughs> I mean, they have nice uniforms. They are Nazis, but they... <laughs> this Hugo Boss... Great uh... merch. Yes. Hugo <laughs> Boss! Hugo Boss! <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh, Everyone agrees those Hugo Boss outfits look phenomenal. The fit, the cut. We have... Hugo Boss estrogen cream in my merch <laughs> store right now. Uh, the Hugo Boss fit was bussin' bussin'. And we are eating what? them over to you because it is lit tonight, folks. It's lit, 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 lit. Pee pee. My pee pee <laughs> is lit. All the oh, radioactive no, pills I've been taking. I'm coming. <laughs> pee pee. Forgot the I'm coming. Unfortunately, I don't have that clip. I'm coming. (sighs) Okay, well, let's talk about uh, Metallica a little bit. Metallica had a big week. Uh, They Uh surprised the world by announcing they have a new album coming out. What's their stance on Nazis? (laughs) They buy records too. Fair. They try to be apolitical. Uh, but they announced a new album, 72 Seasons, put out a new song, Lux Eterna. Sounds like a Jackson Brown album. Like, what is that? Like, yeah. 72 Seasons. Right? Yeah, it's uh, the first 18 years of your life. It's 72 seasons that could affect you for the rest of your life. Like, that's kind of the. So are there going to the... be songs about James Hetfield's acne and stuff? Like <laughs> Well, he had a pretty fucked up childhood. He uh, did. He was a, a son of a Christian scientist parents who didn't believe yes. in like, like medicine and shit like that. Yeah, and his dad left when he was very young. and then his So they refused had... to buy him Clearasil? Is that yeah, the issue? Well, yes, but also his mom died of cancer because she refused to get oh, God. Any, yeah. uh, any medical help. She just thought that the, the Lord uh, would save her. So he was kind of orphaned as a, as a late teen. Uh, so I guess... That, so what did you guys think of the song? I liked it. Uh, the The drums were took me out of it a little bit. It's like sounds like a drum machine, basically. It sounds like my you know my gut feeling, and I may be you know overthinking this, but he just 
Lars Ulrich is, was never a good drummer and maybe he's just too old to do these complex things. So they just either f- cleaned it up immensely or didn't even he didn't even play on it because it just sounds like mechanical. But the rest of the song is good. It's very catchy hook. His lyrics sound, his vocals sound great. Uh, it's a good song. It's definitely a good song. I listened to it a few times and it gets better on each listen. But the drums really bother me. Eventually, some YouTuber is going to take the drums out and put their own drumming in it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Dusty Rose Muffler says 72 seasons since Patient 9 died from COVID. <laughs> That'd be Ozzy. And Shifty Shortcake said 72 songs about Ron McGuffney's dog. <laughs> They're never going to. Megadeth <laughs> might do a double album <laughs> about that. But, uh, uh, uh well, so wait yeah, i wanted to know what i like never answered uh, yeah said what did you think about it i actually didn't mind the music at all i didn't really notice the drumming issue but i wasn't looking super hard for it the thing that took me out of it contrary to what you said darren is the vocals and the lyrics because it just made me think instantly of adam sandler's cajun man character Gosh, oh, that's a, that's a been a james <laughs> thing he was doing that before yeah you know but there was just like the first half of the song is anticipation, domination, oh, just no, word just after thing. word after word. <laughs> for, me, that's, for me, that's nostalgia because okay. that's, you know, for like from black and, you know, expectation. That's just that's a Jamesism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. He was doing it before Cajun, man. He gave, right, gave him props in that sense. I mean, that was like early 80s. He was doing the Shaw. Oh, that was just his thing. I don't know. <laughs> so that seemed a little. I was like, "Is this the whole song? When does the song actually start? Is it just this thing the whole way through?" But the music I liked, which was a pleasant surprise. Rob, That's what good. about you? Uh yeah, I think the hook is actually very catchy. Uh, I listened to it. Uh, the, my first impression of it was, uh, "This is corny." The more I listened to it, I was like, "This is fine." And now I'm like, oh, no, I like it. I actually like it. Uh, it's catchy. You're in, in the acceptance phase. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it What it reminds me of a little bit is the last Black Sabbath album, 13, which I like that album. And it, it sounds like a tribute album to their early material. It sounds like they actively wanted to make an album that sounds like their early stuff. And that's what kind of, I'm getting the vibe with this album. That they're like, let's do something like they listen to their first two albums a bit. And they're like, let's try to recapture that energy. Well, that's sort of what the album title itself is alluding to also, right? In a way. Yeah, I guess in a way. Uh, oh, wait, you've heard the whole thing? No, no, no. Just the, just side the song. Because okay. that's kind of what the last album was. I mean, at least the first half of it was like sort of throwback songs. Yeah. To- uh, this feels even even more kind of workshopped. I don't know. I can't. I can't really uh, explain my, my feeling on it. I'm still kind of formed, but I, ultimately, I liked it, and uh, it, it'll be interesting. So now, basically, well, what what my first true reaction was? I'm so glad I don't have to spend the next six months writing about every little thing Metallica does. <laughs> I'm so we'll glad just to be talk done about with it that. on here. Yeah, we could talk. No, but this we're going to just talk about the best stuff, and it's whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, it's like 15 have, minutes. It's not like yeah. That. It's not like every day. Like there's already <laughs> been like ten stories. So not only did Metallica announce a new single and a new album, they announced a world tour, and they're they're fucking next level now. They're just doing stadiums, 
Wow, is that, when were they not doing that? Unless they will try to do a well, thing for fun or whatever. But. I mean, I guess. I mean, they used to play arenas. I don't even think yeah, they yeah, but arenas like, anymore. And Master of yeah, Puppets. Yeah. And like Justice. I, after the I'm Black Album. Yeah, Master, I guess every time only... I've seen them, it's been it's been big, big uh, venues. That's like the last uh, 15 years they've only been doing that, I think. Well, what's so interesting about these shows, this is why this is next level, is they're not just playing stadiums. They're doing two nights at every location that they're playing. Uh-huh. And and they're promising two completely different sets on both nights. Damn. That's good. And they play for like uh, two hours, probably. They right? play for like two hours. Yes. Yeah, so you're getting essentially five hours, two, two and a half hours. So that you're getting like four or five hours of Metallica. Uh, on the first night in the in the States, the openers are Mammoth uh, WVH, which is Wolfgang Van Halen's band, and the Pantera tribute on the first night. And on the second night, is I believe Greta Van Fleet and Five Finger Death Punch. So they have it's what's fine. interesting is they're also grabbing headliners to be their openers. You know, Pantera could have very much done a arena tour. And I have to say, marketing wise, I didn't care about going to see Pantera. Like I I didn't want I was like, whatever. I don't need to see this tribute show uh go to an arena, or whatever. But like the metal add Metallica yeah. on top of it. It makes it so much more appealing. And I'm like, oh, you know, seeing the both of them in one one shot, I'd be into that. Um, so the other thing that's interesting, so it's two nights. Every show is on a Friday and Sunday. They're only playing weekends. Uh, they're only doing select dates. They're basically playing every re- They're doing New York City at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Uh, they're playing Montreal. They're playing AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, which I'm assuming is going to be a hot ticket because, you know, Pantera, obviously, from mm-hmm. Texas. Uh, they're playing L.A., Arizona, Missouri, and Detroit. That's it. Those are the U.S. states. Then they go, oh, I guess, wait, no, there's more. Which one are you flying to? No I'm San not, Francisco? I mean, I'll go to- no San Francisco. Huh. Got to go to L.A. They're doing Foxborough, Massachusetts. I guess that's like the Boston show. Chicago. That's the Patriots uh, Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minneapolis, Edmonton, and Seattle. And so this tour starts, well, they kick it off in Amsterdam in late April. Uh, but really, it's it's from August until essentially... Oh, wow. It's two years. Holy shit. So it's August. Then they take a break in September, do a few shows in October, take a break until next May. And then they do more shows in 2024 in that summer. Well, because you got to leave time for James Hetfield to get treatment for whatever <laughs> you need treatment for at the time. There's always that possibility. Well, so have I, to have I, I, orthopedic I'm, surgery at the end of this. I'm very impressed that it's it, they smartly do it only on uh Saturday uh Fridays and Sundays. They give you the middle day to rest and I'm sure James Hetfield needs to rest. But I don't know, going to two stadium shows in one weekend sounds like a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, not I, I I I would go like I would just go to I would just go to the one that Pantera is opening more than enough for me. Well, maybe they're not I, expecting people to do both and just like, you know, you buy, you have, they are expecting them. So here's them. the thing they yeah. put tickets on sale. The only tickets on sale currently are two day passes oh. where you have to buy 
and, and they're like essentially the cheapest ones are like for nosebleed it's 200 but like it's basically four or five hundred dollars a ticket jesus christ well that's why the, the for only two days. ones on sale now is because they figure those are going to be less popular so let's see if people right. are just impatient and we'll buy whatever the only option is right now before we release individual. And it's smart because it's the holidays. It's This is like the perfect gift for a, a hardcore Metallica fan. Or like and, someone uh, that you know likes rock music, but you don't actually know what bands they like. So you're just like, this, this is probably <laughs> I mean, you're you spending know, like, a lot of money isn't on that. Isn't that like a Reddit thing we talked about like last year? Yeah. That somebody yeah. like got a gift from their spouse and it was tickets to like a Nickelback show or something because the, you like rock music, right? So this is right. all. So yeah, if you I think it was Imagine spouses. Dragons. Okay. It was like a death metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is fine if if you get it as a gift. This is a fine gift to give somebody. I think in a five I would think so. Range. It's like yeah. a thousand dollar gift. Yeah. Well, well five hundred for that person, you'd have to get a pair. Well, what I'm trying to say is though, I'm saying as opposed to me just picking up my debit card and saying I'm gonna buy myself five hundred dollar worth of tickets to go to a show, I probably mm -hmm. would pass on it. Yeah, no. I see what you're saying. If I would go to one yeah. of these, I don't need to do a whole weekend. Well, so this again, this is where their marketing prowess is is top notch. Single day tickets don't go on sale until late January. So if you want to do a holiday gift, you got to do it like this, or you're you're doing something on yeah. StubHub. Oops. Oh well. Um, yeah. I guess I won't be giving this as a gift. Sorry, Rob. We're not getting you Metallica tickets. I guess. They also announced uh, some crazy, crazy VIP packages. Uh, how should we, should we go from the cheapest to the most expensive? Yeah. The cheapest okay. is you good to tour with Kanye West, uh, so <laughs> next to him. So the, with the, the Yahoo uh, puppet, you spend the whole show is just him picking out Jews in the audience. <laughs> I love him, but he's a Jew. <laughs> that guy, Lars Jewish. Yeah. I can spot him. I can spot him. He's shifty. All right. So. <laughs> The first, there's the Seek and Destroy reserved package. So this is the cheapest package, which ranged from $518 to $700. In New York, it was $700. So the price includes ticket to both shows in the same city, one premium reserve seat in the lower bowl for both shows in the same city. So that's the other thing. They blocked off all the prime seats, like all the center field seats are premium they're even more expensive. Mm -hmm. Like the $500 seats are for GA floor or seats off center field, Damn. you know, like in the right or left field. Uh, one limited edition Metallica merch item, express lane at the merchandise stand, on-site perks, wow. priority check-in, dedicated support staff, <laughs> and a fast track lane into the venue. So basically you're paying a $200 upcharge to avoid any lines and get a free piece of merch. And express lane at a designated merchandise stand we you if you pay us a lot of money we will yes. facilitate you giving us more money yeah it's amazing amazing <laughs> and also they don't even tell you what kind of merch you're getting yeah it could be like one sock <laughs> like literally like what is it? am i getting a hoodie am i getting a jacket am i getting yeah. a guitar pick like it could no, be so you were right it's one it says sock and destroy on it it's <laughs> There's actually a cheaper package. It's the oh. frantic early entry general admission package. These are not so you don't, flattering names. 
the uh, well, these are song titles, so I know. I but guess, yeah, but guess a lot of the so songs they could have used. It's yeah. slightly cheaper because you don't actually get a seat; you get a floor ticket, GA standing floor. <laughs> Which I would, if I go, I want, I want the floor. I don't want to, I don't want to be sitting. But they make sure there's no broken glass on the floor by where you're standing. Yeah. One general admission floor ticket, early entry that you get the merch item. You get one complimentary beverage prior to, to doors. Like a booze Uh, or just like a Pepsi or something. Uh, only available for 30 minutes prior to the general yeah. public in specific stands. Yeah, so like good luck getting to the place you need to get for this free beverage in 30 minutes in a fucking packed stadium <laughs> with thousands of people. It's impossible. They no well, you, get, you, you do get the priority check-in, the dedicated support <laughs> okay. track, and the fast track lane. So they might <laughs> escort you and you get the priority merchandising. So okay, these are the two, right. these are the two cheapest ones. <laughs> Basically, these are just standard VIP. Things that like every band does. If you want to get in early, you you're basically pre-ordering a piece of merch, which really only costs like thirty bucks, uh, and it's like a hundred to two hundred dollars more. Okay, now Ward's muffler says you get Cliff Burton's ashes. Is that I true? Don't, do they have enough? Oh, that, that's in a further. <laughs> we're, we'll get there. We'll get there. A lot of people might buy this. You might run. Out then of you have the the one enhanced experience. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> You get a yeah, shift to shortcake. Also, a good point. One beverage, but it doesn't mention if it's alcoholic or not. So, what if right. it's like a seltzer? Rob, you would be into that. Yeah, I'd be okay with it. Goodbye. <laughs> Maybe a Coke Zero. Uh, one no, a, co- a Coke One. Goodbye. <laughs> Is that a pep- Pepsi One? Is that? Oh no, they don't make that. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Goodbye. It's Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max. That's, I think there was Pepsi One at some point. Yeah, yeah. It was just one calorie was the gimmick. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, you get one in the first few rows <laughs> of the lower bowl for both shows. I like that it's the first few. Like that's also very vague. Like what yeah. how many like the first 30 or the first no, 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 no. It's like, like the first few. three. It's like the first three. Yeah. Okay, right. Uh, party with other Metallica fans both nights at the official Black Box pre-show lounge, which includes three complimentary beverages as well as appetizers Ooh. and bar snacks. One limited, edition- <laughs> <laughs> One limited edition Metallica merchandise item. One MP3 download of live audio from both shows. Oh, that's kind of cool. Express lane at a designated merchandise stand and on-site perks such as blah, 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 blah. So the added value here is you get the party with some food for another two hundred bucks. Cool, put some Tostitos in a bowl. Or yeah, seriously. Then you get. Let's go to the next level: the Moth into Flames <laughs> Snake Pit Experience. Again, that, though, these titles are so on the nose, like what yeah. they think of the consumer: a moth so, into the flame. Well, it literally is because. So the the setup for these shows, it's it's going to be a circular stage at center field. Okay. And then the the middle of the circle is hollowed out so uh fans can stand there. So you're in the middle of the goatsy. The <laughs> yes. yes, you're in the butthole. That's called the that that's what's called the snake pit. Oh boy. Moth into so the this, taint. Moth into taint. The, that's what this should be called. The moth into taint snake pit experience. You get to look up at Robert Trujillo's snake pit. Basically, these are twice as expensive as the standard entry. 
Do you get you like over a grand per person? Oh. I was gonna say, do you get partially reimbursed if Lars's low hanging swinging nuts hit you in the forehead? <laughs> I think you have to sign a waiver. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, can't, okay. you can't sue for that. Oh, okay. Uh, so you get one ticket to the snake pit, an exclusive standing section located in the middle of the stage for both shows in the same city, which I will say is a perk. Party with other metal. You also get that party, the merch, the MP- so that's the the added. You just get into the snake pit, and you get the party, you get the merch, you get all that crap. Yeah. <laughs> then the nothing else matters. That's oh, also oh, an incredibly apt title. Yeah, don't so, buy those other packages. This is the one. This is now happens. three to five grand, three to four grand. Love also, only like buy this if nothing else in life matters to you. Yeah. Well, that's really <laughs> it. That's really it. Matters. I mean, <laughs> that's literally what they're saying here. Because yeah. this one, uh, in addition to the snake pit package, you get one backstage meet and greet experience with two members of the band, mm. which includes. A photo taken by the tour photographer and a group conversation with members of the band. Oh, band members vary show to show. So yeah. basically they do a meet and greet with like 20 people and then they just hang out with all of you for like 15 minutes after you give them an extra grand. Man, just being forced then, to talk for like 15 minutes to strangers. Well, to your fans, to Metallica fans. I know. Well, I listen. Rich Metallica fans. I mean, for for five grand, each person that does this, like, it's just like the next wave of cameos, basically. Yeah, this really is. This is their version of of a IRL cameo. Uh, You also get a production tour led by a Metallica crew member and an onstage group photo. That's the first thing that you said that sounds vaguely worth any amount of money to me. That seems like a cool little thing. What, like being shown the the, uh, the the way the production works and all that stuff, and maybe the crew member is actually interested in having fans around him, and will actually be personable and stuff. I've right. seen I've seen footage; they look interested. Yeah, uh, uh, Shifty Shortcake says two members of the band, and we all know which two will show up to hang out with yeah. you losers. I yes. hope you're really interested I, I, in what Robert Trujillo thinks of the weather in your town today. Because <laughs> that's what you're getting, buddy. Because, man, you guys got a terrible Denny's here. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of traffic getting into there, right, guys? Okay, cool. See you later. <laughs> you Dusty have a Rose Circle K. I, like, I want a 64-ounce Diet Pepsi right now. <laughs> Dusty Rose Buffler says, nothing else matter package is assisted suicide. <laughs> uh, he also adds, can I get a cameo from James Hetfield saying, all elite Scooby-Doo? <laughs> oh, so this... Nothing Else Matters comes with two limited edition show-specific posters, an autograph set list featuring all the songs played at both shows, a commemorative city-specific concert ticket, and then all the other stuff. So uh, these aren't even the crazy ones, folks. Wait, what? Then there's the... There's the All Elite Scooby-Doo one. Yeah, there's the All Elite Scooby-Doo. All Elite Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. Oh. There's the Lux Eterna platform experience for $7.2,000 well, a person. It's the album title, 7272, Rob. Oh, there you go. 70, oh, you're right. There you go. 7272. Oh, you Which do up. you think came first? Do you think they named the album first and then decided yeah. to price it according to that? No. Or do you think they just, they were like, what can we call the album to justify charging $7,200? I think it's think the... Knowing the bean counting that Metallica does, they probably figured out the optimum price and then named their album. Yeah. 
You get one exclusive viewing platform for a private group up to eight people with an unbeatable view for both shows in the same city. Okay. Why do they make you go to both shows? What if you just want to go to one? Platform. The same price? Uh, platform I'm sure they're beverage. fine with you skipping the second show if you yeah, still paid $7,200. Platform beverage cooler stocked with complimentary beer and soft drinks. I would hope so. Uh, and th- this is subject to local alcohol comp- compliance rules and restrictions. Oh. One cooler per platform. Restocking <laughs> prohibited. Guests must be over legal drinking age to consume alcohol. What? Then- restocking <laughs> prohibited? <laughs> so you knock out a couple of bottles and that's it for the night. Sorry, guys. Thanks. For well, the no. Then you have to go. You have to go to the the concession stand, <laughs> basically. Pay. Yeah. If you, if you pay fifty dollars, you meet Dave Mustaine and listen to him to him complain about these packages. <laughs> uh, so you get that, and then access to the the pre show lounge, uh, <laughs> merchandise. You don't even get the meet and greet and the the. Oh, wow the tour you just you're basically just playing paying for the platform viewing of the shake now then they've announced i disappear tickets as much metallica as you want did the i disappear tickets they sell you a ticket and then it disintegrates and you have to buy another (laughs) one no it's basically a willy wonka ticket so for a thousand dollars you pick one year and one continent, so you can go for a thousand dollars to any show in North America. Uh, this year, year. With or no next perks. year, no perks. I think it's just floor seats. Uh, okay. it's general admission, I believe. Uh, is the which actually is not a bad deal because so you know, like I mentioned, uh, general admission to just the New York show, I think after fees was like $450. So if you go to two of these. It, it pays for itself. So if you if you really want to go to like five Metallica weekends, this is a, a great deal. It, it ends up being, uh, you know, $100 a weekend, essentially, or, or $200 a weekend. So is this what you're doing, Rob? I am not doing this now. I, like I said, I'm going to go to one show. That's more than enough for me. <laughs> so yeah so then you, you you do the one year one continent for a thousand two continents one year for two thousand i don't know why like i guess you see more shows that way or the diamond two con- continents two years you basically go see any metallica show in the next two years for thirty five hundred dollars why isn't there a deal for two years one continent too similar to two girls one cup what's the issue <laughs> What if I just, I don't want to leave North America, but I want to see every show. They're really so. If if you America. look at it, between one continent one year is a thousand. Two continents mm-hmm. one year is it almost looks like virtually double. It doesn't yeah. look like that much of a saving. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. so it's really the same. You could just buy a, a silver. But then that's all separate transaction years. fees I have to pay, and that's probably an extra three hundred fucking dollars. Looking at the cost of that's a great point. That's a great point with these ticketmaster fees. Uh, if you scroll uh, down I, there, Rob, I, I see uh, if you pay $7.272 million, you can <laughs> hang out with Metallica on Epstein Island. Oh. True? <laughs> <laughs> and I saw if you pay $720 million, Ron McGovney and Dave Mustaine are your personal uh, butlers for a week. Oh, that's the butler it. package. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think it's, it's a big that. perk. I feel Ron like McGovney James Hetfield and uh, Lars would do, do that if you paid them that much. Well, we're sorry. McGovney gives really good foot massages, though. Oh, 
720 million dollar foot massage <laughs> trust me <laughs> full release wow <laughs> ron he starts at the foot and works his way up i had no idea no, he knows how to how to trigger the nerve in oh. your foot to make your orgasm that, that, it takes a lot of talent and then dave catches whatever you unload ron mcgovney <laughs> ron mcgovney foot coomer uh, unload is actually the next Metallica album. <laughs> it's the album. It's, it's the threequel. It's the yeah. threequel. They stole it from Ron McGovern. He's really mad. Footload. R.I.P. This week stands for Ron McGovern is a perk. Oh. <laughs> um. And so Pantera is going to be one of the openers on this thing. And. Uh, th- I saw some people give Metallica guff for not taking "quote unquote" young bands out on this tour. Who? With them. Who is, has that stature yeah. that they can go with Metallica? Well, that's okay. So I'm not going to. Well, call isn't the- Wolfgang Van Halen's band sort of young? Technically, yeah, they're tech. They're I mean, his name isn't band. young, but his they've band. only been around for a year, basically. So absolutely. But I mean, uh, I get the point they're making, though. It's like yeah. you know. Pantera and all that. It's not even Pantera. It's like the remnants of Pantera. I understand. Like it could be justified as saying, like, listen, we're going to charge you this much money. It's going to be for like huge bands. We're not trying to break bands here and charge you fucking two thousand dollars a head. Right. We want people to actually be willing to pay this money. So, so uh, here, here's a tweet that somebody wrote. I am tired of these legacy bands commanding the lineups at festivals and not giving room to less known bands to make their mark. I would be more excited about a Metallica tour. If they took bands like Warbringer, Dustbolt, Crysis. Uh, if they like took what? bands that only I liked, I still wouldn't go. Cause I probably shit on Metallica all the time, but at least I'd be happy for those bands. I'm blown away by this take. First of all, Metallica does not owe metal a thing. Number one, they're a business. They're in the business of making money, and that's their primary goal. <laughs> Secondly, they're good at it. Metallica has done, I've talked about, I am the biggest fucking advocate for Metallica. Metallica has done more for metal than any other, maybe all other bands combined. Uh, if there was no Metallica, the metal seed would be fucked. Uh, you know, somebody else, somebody else replied to this being like, oh, I'm so tired uh, about them taking away playlist opportunities, magazine covers, interview opportunities. And I'm just like that one magazine cover for that tiny rock magazine that Metallica is going to be on. What's a magazine? Gonna, yeah, it's going to sell so ma- it's going to sell enough issues to pay for the other 11 issues that year, which will then feature Bands like Warbringer, Crysis, and all these bands. Like, they prop up the metal scene by funding it, li- like, uh, literally and figuratively. They will fund it by doing ad buys for this these tours. But that's uh, ads taken away from smaller labels, Rob. <laughs> that's that space that smaller label. And and this whole idea that uh, first of all, this is a stadium tour. This is a tour where each venue has to attract 50,000 people. Yeah. So they have to bring artists with them that have enough like basically they have to bring arena headliners. That's what I was openers. saying before that they they're yeah. going to charge that much no matter what. So they want people to actually be willing to pay that much. 
They're yes, not paying exactly. that much to see Warbringer. Yeah, five hundred dollars to see Metallica and Warbringer. No thanks. Five hundred dollars to see Metallica, Pantera, and Wolfgang Van Halen. Well, nobody okay, cares then. about Wolfgang Van Halen. I but yeah, no, fair. But, but, but I'm saying, but you know, but and then the second day, five figure Death Punch and Greta Van Fleet. Uh, maybe for not for me, but, but I they're very see. famous. Yeah, they're very. And again, five figure Death Punch sells out arenas on their own. So here's how Metallica is question, helping the world. Actually, hold on. Let me ask this question. Let me get a little conspiracy theory. Remember a few weeks ago, there was a story that Ivan Moody was quitting metal. No. And then the next week, he changed his mind. Yes. Do you think what happened in between those two stories is Metallica reached out to them about opening for their upcoming tour? <laughs> I don't think I think it's more that <laughs> their management was like, hey, dipshit, you have a Metallica tour coming up. And he's like, well, that's oh, what he's saying. he was planning to quit before he knew he, he had a Metallica yes. tour on the yeah, table. Yeah, I, I could see and that. And then they made the offer. And he's like, actually, you know what? No, I'll stick around. That sounds good. Also, you have to give it to them there, you know, with all the shit Pantera is getting for this uh, tribute tour or whatever. Uh, you know, they're lending their credibility to be like, no, we endorse this. We're going to take them out with us. Uh, so I think they're, they're giving Pantera credibility by bringing them with them. And I feel like Pantera gives them this kind of like edge in a way of these kind of, you know, these more cynical hard rock metal fans that probably wouldn't have gone, but now they get to see the Pantera tribute as well. So yeah. it, like I said, like even for me, I didn't really care. I wouldn't care so much about seeing either of these acts on their own, but together it's very appealing. Uh, and so well, the point I was trying to make, though, for these smaller bands, here is how Metallica is going to help these smaller bands. Metallica is going to expose Five Ring and Death Punch, Pantera even. Believe it, way more people know about Metallica than they know about Pantera. And Wolfgang and Greta Van Fleet, they're going to give those artists larger audiences. And when Five Finger Death Punch goes out, they are the ones that now have to go take out that next tier of bands. Like trickle down economics does not work in society, yeah. but in the music industry, that's how it works. It's trickle down fandom. You pass down the fans based on how much they want to invest their time. Metallica fans aren't like if you put Warbringer on a cover instead of Metallica, it's not going to sell. You know, the, the fan isn't going to go and buy the album, uh, buy the magazine just because Warbringer's on the cover. They're only buying it because Metallica's on the cover. And maybe they'll read the magazine and see what else is in there. You know? Yeah. But uh, but really, nobody's buying it. Leave Metallica alone. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Sanskar points out it's Ice Nine Kills, not Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet is doing some of their international shows. Yeah. Uh, who is Ice Nine Ice Kills? They're a relatively young band. They've been around, but they basically do like metal. All their songs are like pop metal about horror uh, legends. Like oh. they have a song about Freddy, a song about Jason. Yada, yada. How many dates is Glass Casket opening? Oh, they got to bring out the young bands like Glass Casket and the Red Cord. I thought Ice Nine <laughs> Kills was uh, Ice T and uh, yeah. Tech Nine collaboration. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> do that. I found well, something online. I don't know if you want. This is sort of related. This guy already did a mashup. Not a mashup. He re-recorded Lux Eterna if it was recorded by Meg, uh, uh, Motorhead. Do you want to hear that? That's funny because when I was listening today, it felt like they were doing kind of like Motorhead worship. Oh, really? Send it yeah, send it, it over. It's in the yeah, chat. I feel, I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like the second half of the song, like when they just do the instrumental progressions, it sounds like a Motorhead song. It's like it's them mainstreamizing Motorhead. You know, like is yeah. that a word? 
mainstreaming. You know, I understand. I understand. Mainstreaming. This That's guy true. is really good, though. Like, he does the, the like, this whole channel is this. And, but he does, like, System of a Down. It sounds like. There we go. Sorry. Yeah, he sounds like System of a Down. He, you know, like, he does all these kind of mashups, like, if System of a Down did a Britney Spears song. But, I mean, it's indistinguishable. It sounds like the band actually doing it. So I haven't heard this one, though. This is Munich Productions. Yes. <laughs> I guess the vocals. I can barely hear it. It's a little low. Yeah. This guy's great. Can you play one more of this guy? I want to give a better example of what he does. Play the one that's a uh, uh, Britney Spears toxic. My name is Otto, and uh, in the style of uh, System of a Down. Baby, can't you see? I'm calling. A guy like you should wear a warning. It's dangerous. I'm falling. Oh, mine is bigger than yours. There's no escape. I can't wait. I need a hit. Baby, give me it. You're dangerous. You get the idea, I guess. I'm a big proponent of that channel. What? Okay, Rob. I don't understand this comment from uh, Shifty Shortcake. He says Rob's name is Abdul. My name's not Abdul. Where? Yeah. What did we? What say exactly something about Abdul? Yeah. Um, well, this time we were chasing Obama, but I think he meant Osama. But it was Rob we were after. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, you're. Feel free to elaborate. Yeah. Yeah, Shifty. What do you, what do what do you get at? Um. Before, while Shifty elaborates, I want to mention our Patreon, patreon.com slash RIP, a live cast. Five bucks a month gets you access to two bonus episodes every month and access to our entire backlog of over two years of bonus episodes. We have watch alongs. We have uh, live cast Hall of Fame inductions where we recap some of our favorite characters and memes and stuff from past. Uh, we also have roundtable discussions about movies and uh, just this month, just a few days ago, we posted a very uncomfortable watch along of the love guru, the Mike Myers uh, vehicle, mm. which is just very bad. And, and we literally suffer through it. It sucked so much. Uh, and Not even uh, fun suck. I think the entertainment in that Patreon episode is our misery. And just shock it like the levels it sinks to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really shocking. It was rough. It was rough. So, but worth checking check out just to yeah, enjoy our misery. Enjoy oh, our misery. Funny. Exactly. It's very funny. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, and last month we had uh, a roundtable discussion of the Weird Al movie. That did not uh, suck. That was, that that was a good movie. And it was very fun to talk about. And we did a, round, we did a watch along last month as well, right? Uh, or Didn't what, we do hypotheticals? Our, hypotheticals. That's what it was. Yes, 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 yes. And tons of other stuff. Patreon.com slash RIP Livecast, five bucks a month. And I will tell you more about our Patreon in a second. I also want to talk about our Spotify playlist. Every week, we each pick a song, add it to our playlist. Like two days worth of music now. You can get the link at RIPLivecast.com. And uh, this week, I picked a song from Wormrot from their most recently re- released album, Hiss. How come Metallica doesn't take them on tour? Yeah, I agree with they should. They're a great <laughs> grind band from Singapore that like <laughs> 500 when people they, know about. When they tour Asia, they could have be one of the Yeah, Maybe they're they big should. Draw. They would kill. I think Metallica fans would love them. And Wormrot are great. I support them so much. Very nice people. I've met them. Lovely people. Humble brag. I mean, they played a venue two blocks from my house. It wasn't that. Humble brag about how cool your neighborhood is. <laughs> uh, Sid, what did you pick? Uh, I picked Suddenly Seymour from the soundtrack to the movie uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Beautiful. It's touching, mm. touching moment. Mm-hmm. And Wallace mm-hmm. got, uh, Lonnie's mm-hmm. son got to hug on the girl playing uh, Audrey during it. Oh. And, is there any as far as romance? I know, it's the furthest he's ever gotten with a girl. Then I got oh. to watch it. Any budding romance there? I have no idea. He he keeps his private life private. That's good. Mm. He's already Darren? ready for the celebrity life. I played Suddenly Seymour. Just a total coincidence. No. <laughs> uh, take It All In and Check It All Out by Bill Withers, one of my favorite oh. soul artists. Did The guy that did Lean On Me, the original Lean On Me. That was covered in the 80s. Famous song. And this is a song about uh, critical thinking, which I'm also a big proponent of. So, uh, yeah. Take it all in and check it all out. All right. And I want to mention our top livecast fans. If you want to give us a little something extra, 10 bucks a month, top livecast fan, you get a shout out at the end of the show. Oh, before we get to that, I want to mention next week is our 700th episode. And we're going to be playing a few video tributes. And we'd love to hear or see you, the live cast fan. So if you are uh, a fan a long time and want to say thank you and have any memories you'd like to share or talk about how we got you out of a depression or put you into <laughs> a depression, uh, please send your email, send a voice memo, record a video, send it all to ripalivecast at gmail.com. We'd love to see it. Okay, so our top livecast fans of the week, 10 bucks a month on the Patreon. You get to be a top livecast fan. Darren, could you do it as James Hetfield? Yeah. yeah. Inviting all of these people out to tour. Oh, we're inviting them on tour? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, stand by. <laughs> Eric, Eric, Benjamin, Dan, oh, you are in the $150 tier. Yeah. You get to stand with. <laughs> You get to kick random pit bulls in the stomach. Yeah. Slim <laughs> I am. Mindy Mayer's keeper agenda. $350 tier. Ooh, you get to 
You uh, get to hang out with Ron McGovney in his trailer park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why did I turn into Macho Man Randy Savage? <laughs> it works. Rabaganu, aka Justin, cattle decaf. No decaf is allowed back in our backstage area because of Lars Ulrich. Years and years of cocaine enemas. He's allergic <laughs> now to decaf. Ooh. <laughs> Robber Vampiro, Hugo likes tacos. Lando Danks, seventy-two, seventy-two dot seventy-two cents tier. <laughs> You get to fly in a private helicopter with the same helicopter pilot as Kobe Bryant. He's good friends with Robert Trujillo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. LaCroix, Corey Scotty H, and Doug Pigman. No Pigman allowed in our backstage area because all of our accountants, of course, are Jews. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a fuck anti-Semitism, James? <laughs> Fuck anti-Semitism! We stand! We stand! We stand with John Cougar Mellon Campstein! Ooh, yeah! <laughs> and Douglas, who are you? Who are you? Levy Son! And hey guys, it's Josh! You are in the one billion dollar tier. You get to take over for Metallica and tour for us so we can stay at home. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back at a regular time next week for our 700th episode. We're going to have a ton of surprises. Hope you could tune in. Bye. Love you. Goodbye.